Welcome back to our special coverage of the new coronavirus. We have live updates for you here on TBS EFM 101.3 in Seoul and surrounding areas. We continue our expert analysis on this outbreak. And we have uh, Dr. Sanjaya Sernanayaki, an infectious diseases specialist and an associate professor at Australian National University Medical School of Health and Medicine to discuss this epidemic and also possible treatment. Uh, Dr. Sernanayaki, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Now, I'd like to first ask you, uh, as uh, we've been just mentioning that the numbers of infections and deaths in China have been skyrocketing, even throughout today as well. There's over uh, 14,000 infections there and more than three. um, Well, the the death toll is now reaching more than 300. Uh, What are your thoughts of this corona outbreak and and the speed of which it is spreading? Yes, in terms of SARS, which is the virus that we've been comparing it to because it's uh, 70% similar to SARS genetically, it uh, has surpassed SARS within uh, seven weeks, whereas it took SARS about six or seven months to reach uh, seven or 8,000 cases. Now, interestingly, I wonder if at least part of this acceleration of the notified cases that we're seeing is catching up Uh, with uh, as more testing has been done on patients who were sick earlier. That's also a possibility. But one still gets the sense that this uh, outbreak is moving quite quickly. The the thing is, Dr. Sananyaki, is that this number has been reported by some media forecasts as being significantly higher even than 14,000, saying that we could be reaching... Uh, tens of thousands, um, possibly approaching the 100,000 mark once we've got the full toll. Um, But this death rate is very important as well, isn't it? Uh, It's much lower than, than, say, for example, what people are fearing initially at this particular moment in time. Yes, exactly. So uh, if we've got about 300 deaths from 14,000 cases, that's uh, somewhere around a 2% death rate. And as you correctly say, now we realize that there are patients who may have been infected without symptoms. The numbers could be caught much higher. And as as you correctly said, I heard of estimates as high as 100,000. Now, if that is the case, then that means that the death rate is much lower, which is uh, somewhat reassuring. Right. And uh, the World Health Organization declared the coronavirus situation an international public health emergency. But at the same time, they're advising against restrictions on the movement of people and also trade. Do you think this step uh, is the right call by them? Uh, Well, there are countries who aren't really abiding by that advice, but what are your thoughts on that matter? Yes, I think one issue with calling the emergency was that you would often get these uh, reactions in terms of certain member nations banning Uh, trade and travel to China. And that's been an issue when uh, the World Health Organization has been considering calling the public health emergency of international concern in previous outbreaks. Uh, If the outbreaks in other provinces outside Hubei, if if there's not much local transmission in those provinces outside Hubei, then not having a full uh, travel restriction for all parts of China would be reasonable. Uh, But I I think there's some uncertainty with those member nations who have called for uh, travel restrictions to all of China about whether that is the case or not and whether, in fact, there is ongoing local transmission in those other provinces. 
Can, can we also just try to clear up what's the best public practice uh, in a country like South Korea right now, for example, with 12 confirmed cases, maybe dozens more, lots of people worried on social media that there could be people wandering around either symptomatic or non-symptomatic or asymptomatic, I should say. What's the best practice? Is wearing a mask, for example, a good idea? Because even that advice is very mixed online. Well, in terms of the threat uh, to a particular country, I would look towards your health department and see what advice they're following if they really believe there is a high risk of local transmission of South Korea or whether they think they are just isolated cases. And if it's the latter, then there is no need to take all these precautions. But otherwise, you've, you've raised the issue of a mask. We do know that even surgical masks do prevent droplet spread of uh, viruses such as coronaviruses, so they do have a role to play. But at the same time, the mask has to be worn properly. That seems like an obvious thing to say, but masks aren't often worn properly and then they don't work. Uh, Similarly, when people wear masks, they sometimes forget that uh, viruses, including coronaviruses, probably this one, can be found on on surfaces. So there are contaminated surfaces. So if you don't wash your hands, and just wear a mask, that might be a problem too. Right. Just looking at our air quality right now, we are in the upper bad range for the local measure. If you were wearing a mask to protect yourself from poor air today, for example, which perhaps is a good idea, is that sort of mask, let's say N95 rated, uh, here in Korea we have KF94 rating, which is similar, would that also protect you from a virus or, or... our virus is so small that they can get through where air po- even tiny air particles are blocked? No, look, if you're wearing the N95 mask and you're, again, wearing it properly, that, that would be helpful. And, uh, but, again, I go back to the point of it fit, being fitted properly. Mm. And it is such an issue that in hospitals we do things called fit tests to make sure that staff members who are likely to be exposed to an infectious disease actually know how to wear the mask properly. Right. The, uh, the virus has caused alarm across the world, as we know, and some experts are saying it is still too early to know how dangerous it is, despite the skyrocketing rise in uh, the death rate um, and how easily it seems to be spreading between people. What is your take on that? And uh, how does it compare with other deadly uh, illnesses such as the MERS or SARS outbreak? So it is definitely less deadly than than SARS and MERS, which are the other two big coronaviruses we know about. SARS has a death rate of about 10%. MERS is staggering 38%, so more than a third of people with MERS die. But at the same time, if you look at influenza, which is circulating in the Northern Hemisphere winter at the moment, that only has a death rate of 0.1% or less, so about 20 times less than this coronavirus, but influenza kills 600,000 people a year. So a lot will depend on how infectious this is and uh, how severe infected people can become. At the moment, we're saying about 20% of people with symptoms can get very sick and about 2% die. But as you said earlier in the conversation, maybe there are a lot more people who are infected who aren't sick enough to seek medical attention. And if that's the case, the death rate would be much lower. With no treatment, no vaccine yet, uh, this 
virus is certainly providing us the opportunity of, of great study. Um, what are your thoughts on experts saying that actually growing the virus will help experts understand more about how it behaves? Uh, is it something that's risky? Uh, well, if it's grown in a, a facility that is appropriately uh, monitored and there's appropriate surveillance, it, it should, be, should not be a problem. So in responsible hands, it should not be a problem. And in the Doherty Institute in Melbourne, they were the first group to grow this uh, novel coronavirus. And yes, we hope because it's been grown that it will help uh, diagnostic testing for antibody testing, testing antiviral treatments, and uh, even uh, testing vaccine, how, how well vaccines work. And you did mention uh, the two interventions that could actually change the tide or turn the tide in this outbreak, vaccines and antivirals, and uh, at least two antivirals that have been used for MERS, not because they're licensed for MERS, but experimentally, might have some impact against this coronavirus. So there might be some... Uh, Every cloud has a silver lining, so this, this might be that. If we don't do that in the lab, do people eventually just become strong enough to deal with it? Uh, like, for example, the other influenza strains that are out there, the once upon a time very deadly H1N1 uh, and, and perhaps other strains that might have been very damaging in the past, which can be dealt with today even without people having vaccinations. Yes, and, and again, you've alluded it, uh, to it earlier where if there have been 100,000 infections, people have, uh, have actually dealt with it. They've had uh, very mild illness or no illness at all, and they've probably got antibodies to it and uh, won't get it again. But because it's a new infection, we're all potentially susceptible and we all may de- uh, react in different ways. Right, and, It's uh, not looking like the 1918 Spanish flu, which no, is the one no. we all worry about. And uh, talking about treatments, I mean, in your opinion, how likely is it that there will be a treatment? And if so, how long do you think that process will take? Well, as I mentioned, there are two drugs that uh, have been talked about. So there's uh, an HIV medication, actually, uh, lopinavir ritonavir, that's been used uh, occasionally against MERS and seems to have some activity. And I believe it has been used in uh, some cases of... uh, the novel coronavirus 2. In the US, in one patient, they have used a medication called remdesivir. Now, remdesivir was a medication uh, developed for the Ebola outbreak, but they found that it has some coronavirus activity. So this might also have a role to play here. But of course, there has to be, ideally, there has to be some sort of ethical testing of the drugs uh, in, in larger populations to or larger groups to make sure that it's not too uh, deadly or have too many side effects and it, it does work but there is light at the uh, there is some light on the horizon right dr sanjaya senananyaki associate professor of australian national university medical school and health of and medicine thank you for your time